Hi everyone and welcome back to Chatting with Trandy. In today's episode, we're very grateful to have Danny Rahim. Danny is a member of the Speakers Collective. He uses his own journey with mental health and experiences as a young carer to deliver workshops and talks. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, Danny? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Danny Rahim. I'm a, an actor, a mental health ambassador. I have been a colleague, I guess, of Chandy's now for a couple of years. I uh, had the fortune of meeting this lovely chap and um, very passionate about the mental health space and helping others and supporting others um, as a result of kind of my own personal experience, which I'm sure we'll come on to later um, in the show. Um, and yeah, just. Uh, has become my little bit of giving back uh, and a little bit of kind of purpose to to give back and help and support others um, after my particular experience. And um, yeah, other than that, a uh, little hobby of mine, I'm learning to fly at the moment. So just working towards getting my wings uh, to have, so I can fly little planes. Um, yeah, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's me for now. I love that. Um... And so how long have you been like sharing your story on stage? So I've been sharing my story for about three or four years now. Um, I sort of came into it um, just completely randomly. A friend of mine um, who was a speaker at the time, who's quite a kind of prolific mental health ambassador, advocate, uh, who I actually went to drama school, a guy called Johnny Benjamin, um, one of my dear, dear friends. And we left school, we were living together. And I had no idea that he was going through all of this stuff uh, while we were at school. We were in a year of 24 people, 25 people. So we were quite tight, but I guess we had the surface, what we conveyed to each other and how we were feeling. And then we had what was actually going on underneath. And it was only till we left drama school and we came back like a year or two later that we, we both kind of realized the extent of what was going on at home for both of us. So I was actually, Johnny asked me one morning, he wasn't feeling great and he was scheduled to, to go in and deliver a talk. And he asked me if I would join just for a bit of kind of moral support. I said, absolutely. Went to this talk. And at the end, um, one of the guests at the talk said, Danny, would you mind standing up and just sharing a little bit of your experience with Johnny, you know, um, being at drama school together and essentially so close and yet so far. So I said, yeah, no problem. And, um, and then a few people came up to us at the end of that talk and said, that was really, really powerful. Two young men, you know, opening up and being quite vulnerable. Um, you should think about kind of, you know, we'd love to have you in our company or we'd like, you should think about kind of like putting something more formal together. So we did that and it's kind of all gone from there really. And I've been all over the country, been to been all over Europe and talked about my own experience, my experience with mum who has bipolar disorder and um, uh, emotionally unstable personality disorder. So growing up with someone with quite severe uh, mental health illness for a number of years and then myself so I'd say all in all about yeah about three years been kind of going around delivering talks and training to schools universities like the NHS fight like anyone we can speak to anyone that we can support really or anyone that I can um, you know I love going and spreading the message and as we know like mental health affects one in one of us it's not just one in four people who have a mental health diagnosis yeah and i know that that's something you're quite passionate about and stuff and so when you're up on stage what what is it you you talk about what is it that motivates you to help change that stigma 
I think it's mum. Mum still fluctuates. Uh, so mum has good days and bad days. She has good weeks, in fact, good weeks and bad weeks. And um, fortunately, for the last few months, she's been very, very good. And I'm I'm so grateful because the last ten years before that were very, very rocky and tumultuous. And um, but I think I went back to mum like a couple of years ago when they started and I said mum you know I went to a, a university I can't remember one of our first I don't know if it was Loughborough I can't remember but and I was just talking to to you know some young adults um, some graduates or soon to be graduates um, about the importance of kind of looking after yourself and putting yourself first before potentially looking after your mum or your dad or whatever and life as a carer and I had three or four people come up to me at the end and just say you know my experience was identical to potentially their experience or very similar to it and then when I went back and I said to my mum mum this is what you know this me going to she was just like she was amazed and she was it was kind of like everything that we have both been through or we have been through as a family was worth it because mum it, it, it just sort of it, it became a, it had a purpose so mum's struggle my struggle what we've been through collectively it now had a bit of purpose and a bit of meaning and so I guess that's what drives me uh, I had a request come in the other day. It was for the NHS and um, they, they were just like, look, we, you know, we don't have any money at the moment. Things are tight. And I was like, look, don't worry. This is not about money. This is about helping people, you know? And, um, and so I'm going, you know, I'm going up to speak to 250 nurses. And um, for me that I can go to mum and say, you know, the NHS that have looked after you for so many years, I'm able to go and give something back. Um, and that, and that just fills me with joy. And so, yeah, uh, that, that's kind of what keeps me in it is knowing that, that I didn't or mum hasn't suffered in vain for nothing, you know, or what we, what I, or what we have been through has not been just a waste. It's, it all is for something. And it sounds just from hearing you, you speak about it, that you're, you're quite reflective on the whole situation that you've been, like the experience you've been through and where you are now. Has there been any challenges, especially when getting up on stage and being so open and so so honest in what you're talking about has there been any like challenges that you faced along that the last couple of years of you sharing a story yeah I think I think it's less when I'm getting up and I speak because I think once I'm there and the and, and the honest story comes mm. out it's it's very because it just comes from a, a a very honest sincere place I talk very openly and candidly about my experience but I think what has been a, a, a problem or a fr- frustration for me is Initially getting into some companies, although there's this, you know, it is we're, we're, we're so mentally aware and we're happy to talk about mental illness. I, I have noticed that companies are still very, very apprehensive about getting people in to talk about mental health, whether they're worried about, oh, if, if he or she starts talking about mental health, everyone's going to be coming with all these mental health issues and it's going to cause X, Y, and Z. Like when you go deep into the numbers, you realize that actually supporting people earlier is preventative and it's, it actually saves businesses a lot of money. And, you know, I've had it a few times where one of the talks I, I, I deliver is called improving mental fitness. And as soon as you mention mental people are like, Oh, can we just, can we just, can we just, can we, can we call it this or can we call it? So I literally just changed the name of it. And it's exactly the same uh, content, but it's just like we shouldn't be shying away from the words mental, mental illness, mental health, mental, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't just switched off. It hasn't just gone. And I think people are finding very kind of 
fruity ways to frame it now. And we got, you know, there's lots of well-being and well-being experts and all of this stuff. And fundamentally, it's like it's teaching people how to look after themselves and things that they might be a little bit blind to and saying, here's what I went through. It's very often not pretty stuff. You know, it's difficult stuff that, that we're talking about, but you, you've got to kind of hit it head on. And I think the more you kind of like pussyfoot around it and like, oh, can we not, you know, it doesn't doesn't work with our company message. It's like, well, what's your company message? Like let people suffer in silence, let people struggle and don't really put a name on it. And that's the frustrating stuff for me that feels like I'm constantly sort of battling against and getting people to, you know, confront the fact that many people aren't doing very well and we should allow those people to have a voice and a space that, that and, and a framing to, to discuss how they're feeling, not trying to be like, okay, you know, we're talking about all this rosy, nice stuff on the side, which actually it isn't that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it means that people themselves can't come up and don't feel confident to say, hey, I've got, I, I, I've, I've got a mental illness or, um, you know, my mental health is not where I want it to be at the moment. But the more we shy away from those words... The, then the people that are actually struggling, they're not going to feel confident in coming up and speaking about it. And it's about making that safe environment for people to, to feel like they can be themselves. Yeah, totally, totally. That leads into this, this next question, which is to anyone that's listening who might be an executive in a company or a director of a large business, what would you say to them is there, to get them on board to, to make sure that they, they hear the the people that they're working with and supporting as their director of that organization? The best impact that we've had has been where these people that you mentioned lead by example. And when, when com- companies with very senior execs come forward and share a little story about their experience and, you know, are really behind not just do, getting someone in for a talk and delivering a talk because it's mental health awareness week and it's gone, but like really looking at strategic initiatives for, for, you know, coming in and doing like a six month partnership or whatever. They're always the ones that have the best impact. And, you know, I always say that my work, I don't want to come into a company just do a talk and never speak to them again. And, and they, and that's the end of that. Like I would love to, I, I, well, I love going into spaces and, doing like a program with them over a set amount of time, creating the infrastructure and then leaving them as autonomous, leaving them able to be self-sufficient as a company. That for me is the biggest victory. And actually there are a lot of companies that, that are getting on board with that, but it's always like they wait for three or four other people to do it first and see everyone do it as like the guinea pigs. And they're like, Oh, this really works. And actually productivity is up. And actually our employees are less stressed. And I, I see these numbers every day and it's not, it's not rocket science, but I think sometimes people are a bit apprehensive. But yeah, in summary, lead by example. Show people that it's okay to talk. Be open. Be free. Be honest. Um, because people that are working their way out there, they're very generally very apprehensive about talking about how they actually are because they feel that it will hinder their progression. That's a very common thing that I come across, and it's actually that would be illegal to be prejudicial towards someone who's having a who's got a mental health issue or you know is not doing very well so but people don't know that if you could go back to the, to when you probably when you were started sharing your story if you were to go back and be able to speak to the person that you were when things might not have been too too great what would you say given the journey that you've been on and where you are now start talking sooner um because actually when i started opening up and sharing my experience in a stranger it was cathartic i felt like that there was a release uh, but I never went to go and speak to people to be like, hey, like you're taking me for a therapy session. But 
the more I spoke about it, the more I made realizations and the more I understood things and I could be honest with myself about how I was feeling. And then someone would say, oh, wow, that's really tough, Danny. Like, do you know what? I had that, like my grand passed away and all of a sudden you find this alignment, you know, and you found like a bit of a partner, a comrade, you found someone that kind of like understands you and that creates beautiful relationships. And I just wish I had done that a little bit sooner. I think that's the perfect note to end this on. So thank you for joining me today, Danny. Thank you to today's guest, Danny. If you'd like to hear more about his story, please find the link in the show description. If you're a fan of the show, please follow us on social media at Chandy.org. That's on Twitter and Instagram.